This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Good morning, everyone. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Thursday as we crawl, as we sprint towards the weekend. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. Coming up on this edition, we get things started with some playoff baseball as the Astros make a series of it against the Rangers. Make sure you stick around for Thursday night football at 620 as we look at tonight's battle in the Big Easy between the Jags and the Saints at 640. We'll look at the board of BetMGM and see if we can find some value on NFL awards futures after week seven. Chelsea takes over at seven o'clock as we delve into both playoff games tonight on the diamond. We are still waiting for one of our show parlays to hit. We're due. We've been close. We'll put another one together at 740. And then we bring you a couple of fantastic guests during the 8 o'clock hour. BetQL host Mark Drumheller talking NFL and Chris Mack from the BetQLU podcast talking college football before we drop our best bets at 845. Chelsea, how are you? I like your earrings. What's going on? Thanks. Uh, Feels like a day where all of my momentum has just completely hit a wall. You would think after one loss... Uh, I would not be feeling this bad, but listen, I've been posting my plays to TikTok and it's crickets when I win bets, but the second I lose a bet, good God, the internet was just coming huh. after me. Uh, so I am trying not to like self spiral cause you know how Don't. it is when you lose a bet. Yes. Uh, so last night it kind of sucked cause I kept getting notifications of people saying loser fail your picks are terrible i'm like i'm the winning a bunch like where are these people when i win bets these guys are losers let me put that out there right now i read this article i've said this before that if you troll people in real life on a regular basis on the internet you're very likely a bad person in real life because most people don't do that so number one don't worry about those people and number two most importantly you have been crushing it over the past like three weeks you have been on this incredible run you're still three one and one for the week and you lost one game ah game that's it so it's never easy dealing with idiots on the internet and i i feel you because every now and then someone will be like hey michael jenkins is a racist i'm like what 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 are you talking (laughs) like out of nowhere or they'll say something completely out of left field with no proof Nothing behind it just because someone feels like taking down someone else or some people look for reasons to take down people, whether they're valid or not. So don't listen to those morons, Chelsea. You've been killing it. Here's what bothers me. It would be one thing if somebody had a problem with my analysis and they said, hey, listen, this point that you're trying to make is not a good one. 
but it's always like the most generic insults like this play is gonna lose i'm like okay specifically right. why can you tell me and then they wait till after the game and then they say told you i'm like well oh. so like if you want to have a conversation and tell me hey like i think i'm yeah. gonna go against you here that's fine it's just the general insults that have no creativity to them and it's not like a conversation the purpose of the show is not for us to shout our bets at you and say, you need to bet this. It's supposed mm -hmm. to provide some thought provocation or, you know, just drop a conversation. And yes. we're going to tell you all the reasons that we like a bet. And if you agree with those reasons, maybe you place a bet too. But if you disagree mm -hmm. with us, that's fine. But, you know, like, let's not be rude about it. Oh, no question. Over the past two plus weeks, Chelsea, you are 19, seven and one. Are you kidding me? I take that any day of the week, any day, any day of the last two weeks, you take that every time you've been on an absolute heater. That's the irony of it all. And I always tell people because I certainly do not get the blowback that you get. I think the fact that you are a, a woman in this industry probably has a lot to do with that. I also think that you're more visible on social media than me. So you're a gambling gal and you're more willing to engage in gambling Twitter. So I think that's part of it as well. But at the end of the day, I always tell people, listen, if my picks are so bad, then just fade me all the time and make yourself some money. If, if I suck so much, fade all of my picks and make money that way. Don't tell me about it. Tell me about the money you're making by fading my picks. And generally it's crickets, not because I'm some sort of incredible better, but just because we have a pretty decent track record on this show, at least giving reasons why we're vetting, and we've had some success, and no one really has an answer for that. It's just straight-up trolling. Right, and I feel like I am stuck in a cycle where I feel like for the longest time I was in a good place, and then you mm -hmm. feel like the it's creeping up from the pit of your stomach, you know, like the yeah. old habits that die hard. I'm like, Chelsea, yes. don't sabotage the rest of the week because of this one day. <laughs> right. Because at the end of the day, like it's one bet. And like our job on the show is to give the people a good show and give people all of the homework that they don't have to do for betting mm -hmm. on these games. So uh, I rest my case. And also the fact that my bet lost in the bottom of the fifth with two outs oh. and two strikes. It couldn't have been worse. So oh. uh, we are on to a new day. No, I hear you. When I started doing this podcast for the Commanders, and of course, I'm a face that people, a lot of people, were not familiar with, even though I've been in D.C. for a long time because memories are short and media evolves. And it's settled down now. But whenever you're new in a spot, of course, there are tons of people who are going to slam you come at you whatever and someone was like hey what gutter did they pull you from i mean stuff like that and i was like i have to stop reading this like at, just the out of nowhere with nine emmys well yes but you know <laughs> but people you don't care I, I know i mean that's nice of you to say but people just don't care and so i remember that week being like i'm just gonna have to log off this is this is affecting my mental health and i was telling the lovely Catherine, i understand why people who are actually big names because in the pantheon of, of celebrity, like I'm a nothing on a scale of one to 10, but it gets to me and I'm a nobody. So I can't imagine if you're someone who is an actual star, who is actually in the spotlight on a regular basis and all the hate that you must receive on a regular basis. And you see people say, I'm going to shut down my account. And I totally get that because it'll get to you. Don't let it get to you. You lost one single bat and you've been crushing it. 
Right. So let's go over our bets from last night because right. you, sir, had a great night, and we do need to get to it. Uh, so mine was Astros, Rangers, first five under five. This was a loser because the score was five to two. Like I said, Christian Javier gave up a two-run shot with two outs and two strikes in the bottom of the fifth. So I was watching that game, mm. and I, like, punched the couch afterwards. But, Jenks, <laughs> what a night for you. It's been nice. I'm so mad, too, because I also had a hockey plan that I took out at the last second, and that would have hit, too. Whatever. You know how that goes, because some bets you win that you look back, and then some bets you would have lost if you had put them in. So it goes both ways. However, I did have the Astros on the money line. Plus one to a plus money bet from this guy. That's a rarity. Astros went 8-5. Also had New Mexico State on the money line at UTEP. I liked it at minus three. Took a risk on the money line. New Mexico State wins easily 24 to 7. And then I had the Sins on the money line at minus 160. And I know those are those are juicy bets, but especially in hockey, money line bets are about value. And that game went off at Sins minus 175. So there was closing line value on that. And the Sins won easily six to one. So a nice little three and oh night. About time. And the Donkster had Astros Rangers under nine. Astros went eight to five, of course. So for the week, Chelsea, we are just five. You are three, one and one. I'm five, one and one. And the Donkster is two and two. And if you don't like it, you can suck it. Let's talk about last night's baseball game between the Astros and the Rangers. We have a series now, Chelsea, in the ALCS. The Astros winning it 8-5. to five. Astros plus 110 on the money line. Total set at 9. The over hits Christian Javier. Brilliant in the postseason. Continues his unbelievable streak. Going five and two-thirds innings. Allows just three hits. Two earned runs. Strikes out three. His ERA in this year's playoffs over two starts. 1.69. Nice. And the Astros with plenty of punch at the plate. On this one, two, it is a fastball that he hammers to left center field. It is gone. Jose Altuve finds it. His first hit of the championship series leaves the yard. Jose Altuve getting it done again, as he has done so many times in the postseason. He goes two for five with a solo home run. Two runs scored. Jordan Alvarez, two for four with two RBI. And the main takeaway, I think, from this one is we wondered how Max Scherzer was going to perform starting for the Rangers. The Astros get five runs off of him, chasing him after just four innings. They make this a series as Texas loses for the first time after starting 7-0 and in the postseason. And I have to say, I figured the Astros would not be bothered in this spot because they've been there before and they certainly played like that. And especially for a team that's been great on the road all year long, the Astros had a losing record at home. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. now they've won 17 of their last 20 road games and they've played especially well when playing at the Rangers. If you remember the last time they went there, I think they swept the series three games to nothing. But I think the main takeaway for me is that the Rangers are running out of pitching. We saw it last yeah. night. Max Scherzer should have been out of that game in like the second inning. He was giving up yes. moonshots. Every single hit that, or you wouldn't call it a hit, every time a batter connected with the ball, it felt like even if they didn't hit a home run, they were flying out at the warning track. And there were some great catches in this game, I'll say, mm -hmm. uh, from the Rangers' side. But it just, what are you doing leaving Max Scherzer in the game? 
Like, did anybody else wonder this? He kept getting shelled, and they're like, well, we'll keep him in a little bit longer. Uh, so yeah. it just feels like the Rangers are running out of pitching depth because we knew this was going to be the problem going into the World Series. Their bullpen just wasn't especially deep. Like, they have a couple good arms, but when it comes to a seven-game series, a different animal. You need pitching depth, and we saw it last night. Bruce Bogey had nobody to go to uh, in the second inning when Max Scherzer just kept it. Looked like he was throwing batting practice. So I think the takeaway is is the Astros are still very much alive in the series mm-hmm. and uh, would not be shocked if the Astros came all the way back. I wouldn't either. They had to have this game. They said that afterwards. We knew this was a must win, but we weren't. We weren't overcome by the pressure because we've been here so many times again this is the seventh straight alcs for the astros they have seen and done it all they've been in every situation possible so they weren't going to go into arlington and say oh my god we're down to nothing they went out they played their best baseball and chelsea the astros are so fascinating you rarely see this in any sport they are markedly better away from the astros had a losing record at home this season unbelievable but on the road they have won 17 of their last 20. You never see that, or you rarely see it. Normally, it's, hey, we want to be 500 on the road. We want to dominate in our home park or on our home field. The Astros are just the opposite. Eh, we're not that good at home, but if we go on the road, we rake. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, but I think it's a the sign of a veteran team when you can go on the mm-hmm. road and win. And you've got to remember, a lot of the guys in this lineup were people who were on the team during that whole scandal so you've got to remember the year after they were labeled cheaters they would go to every ballpark in america and people would be heckling them so it's not surprising that you see jose altuve up there just raking despite playing in enemy territory but i would imagine there were still a lot of astros fans there because this is an interstate rivalry it's not that far Mm -hmm. from houston uh so yes it's on the road but kind of not really still a lot of astros fans there but now I think we will see probably some over games. Like last night was the yeah. start of what I think is a lot of offensive firepower. Both of these lineups are so damn good. The Astros really flexed their muscle last night with a ton of home runs. But, you know, the Rangers are just as good when it comes to pure power yeah. in their lineup. And I think both these teams, like we talked about the lack of depth for the Rangers bullpen. The Astros Mm -hmm. bullpen has kind of been like their problem too. And the fact that they don't have a ton of starting pitching. So we will see uh, if we continue to see this laser show that we saw last night. uh, Because it was a thrilling game. Yeah, it was super exciting. Great ball. The playoffs have been fantastic in Major League Baseball. And being from Texas, my timeline on Instagram or Twitter, I know some friends who are huge Astros fans. I have some friends who are huge Rangers fans, so it goes back and forth, back and forth. And then I was talking to my stepdad, who is a huge baseball fan. (laughs) So I asked him because he goes to a lot of Rangers games, and I grew up going to Rangers games back at the old Arlington Stadium. And I asked him, I go, well, you cheer for the Rangers in this series? And he had the most Texas answer ever. He goes, doesn't matter to me. They're both from Texas. And I was like, oh, God, that sounds just about right. It doesn't matter who wins. I win either way because both of these teams are from Texas. I think I've heard that before, that the Astros fans, some of them are kind of fair weather fans. Because, listen, my husband played for the Astros when they lost 100 games. Let me tell you, all those fans that are in the stands now, they were nowhere to be seen uh, back in those years.
I remember those days. You're right about that. But of course, everyone loves a winner. And so here they are. Coming up next year on the show. If you like watching rock fights in football, the NFL is serving one up tonight in New Orleans. A preview of the Jags and Saints coming your way. She's Chelsea. She's a winner. I'm James. It's the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Come on back on Thursday. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the show. It is a daily tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Thursday. She's Chelsea. I'm Jinx. In just moments, oh yeah, we're talking Thursday night football. The Jags and the Saints in the Big Easy. We'll talk about which plays we like. Maybe even a player prop or two as well. Chelsea, I went to the doctor yesterday. So the good news is that I don't have any heart problems. That's great. The bad news is I have a cracked rib. And I really don't know what? how it happened. <laughs> yeah. So that is why I have been in so much pain and why I woke up like in a panic on Sunday. And I, I don't really know how it happened. I was just like, I, it could be a lot of things. It could be working out. It could be running into something. Maybe my bones are brittle, which I don't really have brittle bones. I joke around about it. I don't know how it happened. And the, the worst thing about it is, is that you can't do anything about it. You just have to take it because they don't really wrap you up. It's not like the bone is displaced, it's just cracked. So you just have to wait for around six weeks for it to heal and you're just in a tremendous amount of pain the entire time. So I'm just like popping Advil like crazy and my doctor gave me some pain meds, which I gotta pick up today. But that's the worst part about it. You just have to just sit there and be like, yeah, this hurts like hell because everything you do involves your rib cage. Even sometimes when I'm talking on the show and maybe I speak and there's a low tone to my voice, I'm like, oh God, that really hurts. Just because I'm speaking. And he goes, I I'm glad at all I'm not alone because when I was explaining everything to him, he goes, good for you for not going to the emergency room on Sunday because most of the time when this happens to people, they think they're having a heart attack. I was like, that's what I thought. I woke up in the middle of the night. I was like, I think I might be having a heart attack. And I almost did. He goes, that's what a lot of people think because that's how it feels. I was like, yeah, I kind of thought the same thing. So I don't have any heart issues, but now I have a cracked rib. Jeez, Jenks, a cracked rib? How yes. do you think this happened? Like, can you think of know. anything? Because no, this is like a football player injury. So now at least your street cred can go up and say, listen, <laughs> I'm just like those guys in the NFL. I'm playing with a cracked yeah. rib right now. Jenks, you were the football guy of the day, of the week, of the month for the Daily oh. Tip. When I hear, and I've heard that before, like, hey, if you have a, a rib issue, it's crazy painful. And of course, you're like, oh, I bet it, I, I, that sounds painful. Let me tell you, it is painful because no matter what you do, whether even if it's breathing – like if you take a deep breath, it's like, oh, oh, okay. All right. That doesn't feel good. So I, at least it's not my heart. And 
I didn't even need x-rays, which I guess I could get x-rays, but my doctor was like, this is classic, like just pressing and the right, this is classic cracked rib. I've done this before. I've done this twice. He goes, you can get an x-ray just to, to be safe, it, but it's academic. That's exactly what you have. And you just have to wait it out. I think that's the most frustrating yeah. thing for me is that, yeah, just for six weeks, I got to be like, all right, well, maybe today will be a little bit. And it's only been like a week and a half. So I got a long way to go. So, man, I don't know how these football players do it because I'm just sitting at a desk. My goodness. Well, you could go the other route and pull um, an alleged Kardashian and just remove your rib. Your waist could be <laughs> snatched. Yes. Oh, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll be nice and trim. Nice and trim, and I'll just get in mega shape for next summer, and it starts with the removal of my rib. I don't even know how I did I think that's the most frustrating thing. I don't really know how this happened. And I was reading about it, and that, <laughs> like, sometimes just, like, a pressure in the wrong way or as you get older. And this is not a problem I've had before. You can just lift something the wrong way. Sometimes you can... I don't know, but it's it's really bizarre. I can't really pinpoint. My doctor was like, you got to come up with a better story. I was like, yeah, I do. Because just saying, I don't know how this happened is lame. Yeah, but that's at least a cool injury. Like you could have broken your hip. <laughs> Isn't that like True. the main old person injury? Oh, so at least definitely. when you say cracked rib, people are like, oh man, were you doing like jujitsu or like a triathlon or something? Like, yeah, man, I'm really yeah, active. Man. I do so many like badass things that i don't even know how i do yeah. this so you know it's just life is me yeah have you ever heard of the iron man competition i was just doing some mm. you know some heavy training for my next iron man because i just finished one i don't know i'll be fine i'll suck it up you know who has cracked ribs injuries all season long football players so let's get into some football week seven thursday night football jags at the saints saints laying a point saints minus 120 on the money line the jags are even money total set at a low 40 the big question in this one will he or won't he we're talking about trevor lawrence it looks like he's going to play he has a i think a twisted knee or sprained knee not a cracked rib and the last we heard and of course this can change during the course of the show if it does we'll let you know about it it looks like he's trending towards playing but we don't have a definitive answer on that which is why this line has sort of been all over the place and why the saints are favored by one because of that, that's a huge if. So I don't know what to do here, except I would probably lean to the under. But as far as the side goes, Chelsea, not quite sure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think I would still lean towards the under, even if Trevor Lawrence plays, because this total will probably go up and maybe you get it at a palatable number. Right now at 40, I'm not really super interested, but the Saints have been the hottest team to the under all season long. They have yet to hit an over this season. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that their offense is terrible in the red zone and their defense is amazing in the red zone. Uh, this is kind of what we saw from the Denver Broncos last year, where their offense was bad, their defense was good, and thus a great recipe for betting on the unders. Plus, it's a short week. You have a banged-up quarterback. Mm -hmm. So even if Trevor Lawrence plays, 
I would not be shocked if we see another primetime unders. These have been hitting at over a a 60% clip over the last four years, and for good reason. Primetime games, especially the Thursday night ones, doesn't it feel like it's a great recipe for an under when you're playing on a short week? Uh, It's a team that wants to get in, get out, uh, and the Saints Mm -hmm. have a great defense. So I think that's the way I would lean, but it feels like you can't really bet on this one until you know for sure. So that's the predicament that we're in. So Mm -hmm. as of now, I think I would just look at maybe some props for this game. We were talking before the show about the Jaguar side, how it would affect Travis Etienne, depending on Mm -hmm. which quarterback plays. If it's C.J. Beathard, the backup quarterback for the Jags, I definitely like Travis Etienne. It's a short week. You've got a backup quarterback. Yeah, you lean on the run game. And even those dumpy little passes that you shovel off to the running back. So Etienne has some good hands as well. Rushing plus receiving may be a good idea. And then on the other side of the ball, looking at the Saints, I think it's going to be an Alvin Kamara type of game for me. Jenks, here's the stat of the day. Uh, and okay. you just one-upped me by saying you have a cracked rib. That's got to be the stat of the day. Jinx has <laughs> one cracked rib. Derek Carr is the king of short and dumpy passes. Like, there is a game where he threw the ball 37 oh. times and only ended with 127 yards, averaging 3.4 yards per attempt, which is wild to me. It's crazy yeah. the amount of volatility that we've seen with Derek Carr this year. He is either throwing for 350 yards or like 127. Feels like there's no in between. So like, I don't want to do a prop on him, but Alvin Kamara feels like the play. Somebody who's been getting a lot of the targets. And plus, uh, is it Javon? No, Jamal Williams is not playing Mm -hmm. in this one. So he will get more touches. Feels like that's the only way to play it for me. How about you? Yeah, I think I'm still going to... I'm still going to lean to the under. That's the only way I will probably play this. And I think game script is going to work in this way. And I think the trends are certainly something you should look at. The under is 6-0 and this season in Saints games. Saints mm-hmm. games. They have hit the under in 16 of their last 17. When it comes to this total specifically, the Saints are averaging 34 points per game as as a total in all their games this season. 34. There has not been a single Saints total this season with more than 37 points. So everything to me screams under. You know the drill of primetime unders. They're hitting at a 60% clip over the last four seasons. And then when you look at Trevor Lawrence, whether he plays or not, even if he does, he's not going to be 100%. This just screams under to me. So I'm going to have a hard time not playing. I know it's a low total. And also, as we've seen in the NFL, it has been an unders year thus far. What was it last week? Unders were 11 and 2, I think, in the NFL. 12 and 2. I, 12 and 2. I see a lot of underplays this week. I don't know what it is about the NFL. And at some point, the numbers will switch. They always do. But right now, especially when it comes to this game, I think the under is the play. I think so as well. Uh, if I were to pick a side right now, I think I'd still lean, uh, lean with the Saints, although it does not feel like a team that's trustworthy enough for me to put my yeah. money on. Because the Saints do have a great home field advantage. It's probably going to be the most raucous crowd that the Jags have probably faced all year long, especially mm-hmm. when it's a night game. Um, but I don't know. I don't know why I can't go away from the Jags. I think I am still holding on to the hope that we had before the season. 
think of how many people like Trevor Lawrence for a dark horse MVP candidate. Uh, yeah. I was one of those people. So I don't know if I am like having trouble letting go of those preconceived notions, but I feel like <laughs> I can't bet against the Jags. What's wrong with me? Well, I, I think that, frankly, I like the Jags. If, if I'm picking a side, I like the Jags. And to me, this is very simple. The Jags are the better football team. Now you say, oh, great analysis, dude. But when you're talking about a coin flip game or getting the Jags on the money line at even money, I'll just simply go with the team that I think is better. I, I don't know. I don't trust the Saints to be able to score on the Jags because the Jags have a very good defense. And if you look at the Saints offense, they've had one great performance this season. That was when they dropped 34 on the Patriots. But the Patriots are arguably the worst team in all of football. Look at what the Saints offense has done outside of that Patriots game in the last four weeks. They scored 13 points against the Texans. They scored nine points against the Bucs. They scored 17 points against the Packers. So even if Trevor Lawrence isn't 100%, even if he doesn't play for the Jags, I'm just not confident in the Saints being able to move the football. And another reason why I like the under in this game is that both sides have offensive linemen who may or may not play. They're really banged up. Brandon Sheriff, Walker Little are questionable for the Jags. And you look at the Saints, Ryan Ramsick, James Hurst, also questionable. So both of these lines are going to allow a lot of pressure on each quarterback. But ultimately, if you're talking about, again, what is essentially a 50-50 chance here. If you're looking at the odds, I'll just take the Jags because I think they're better. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the Saints have been so terrible in the red zone. That's why I can't get behind them. They're scoring touchdowns yeah. on only 36% of their red zone chances, which you would think at some point that's going to mm -hmm. like at least be a little better. Better. You'd think that, you know, uh, occasionally it's going to be a touchdown instead of a field goal. But I think that has lent itself uh, to the under as well. So I think that's why you, if you think that there's something that you can count on a little bit more, doesn't it feel mm -hmm. like the under? Like, I don't want to pick a side here. It's either going to be a full game under or a first half under for me in this game, if I were to play a side. Uh, we were kind of mentioning some player props. Jenks, you were looking at an anytime touchdown, I believe. Uh, ETN is yes. actually plus money here, plus 115 over a better yeah. GM. Well, if we're talking about game script, and we always do, then I'm thinking, first of all, look at what he's done his past two games. Travis Etienne has scored two touchdowns in each of his last two games. Now, the sabotage factor is the Saints defense is very good against the rush. They do have a good defense, which is one of the reasons why a lot of people are on the under. However, when you have a quarterback who is banged up, or you have a backup quarterback in there, what's going to happen? You probably need someone to take the pressure off of you. And Travis Etienne is that guy. Also, he's the running back that catches a lot of passes out of the backfield. So, you know, some guys are just straight up runners. They're not going to catch passes. And so maybe that diminishes their chance, depending on the matchup of getting in the end zone. Etienne is not that guy. He's going to do a little bit of both. Again, four touchdowns in the past two weeks. And at plus money, I like the bet. I think the Jags lean on him. So that would be my one prop I would apply. What about you? Yeah, again, I'm looking at Alvin Kamara. But the problem is, like, you're never going to get a low number on him. I do yeah. think it's probably the best play to do rushing plus receiving. 85 and a half for minus 120. I'll take the over there. Because he's somebody that not only is getting the bulk of the carries, 
he's also getting a ton of targets on the receiving end. He's had mm-hmm. uh, at least eight targets in two of his three games. He had 14 targets in the receiving game, in that game against the Tampa Bay Bucks. So I think that's the way to go for me. You play the side where you don't have as many question marks. Because right now, doesn't it change the game script a lot for the Jags, depending on who's playing quarterback? And we probably won't yes. know until after the show. Well, and also, I, I, I love those Kamara plays. I really wanted to take his receiving prop. The problem is that number has moved up like five yards already. So I wanted mm-hmm. to take the over, but you really, really needed to get that earlier in the week. So you can still take it now, but that's moved too much for me to maybe play it. But maybe there's a more creative way to play it. I know you're very good at that. So we can talk about that and discuss this game later on in the show. Coming up next, Patrick Mahomes is the favorite to win the NFL MVP. But should he really be? Really? We're going to look at NFL awards, futures, and that is next on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Thursday. Come on back. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. It is a Thursday on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. She's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Coming up shortly. A look at the NFL award futures as we try to find some value on the board before week seven gets underway. Chelsea, I don't know if you remember the soft drink tab. Do you remember tab at all? Is this before I've your heard time? of it. Okay. So tab was before there was diet Coke, there was tab. It was like the original diet drink and it came in kind of a pink ish can. And then it went out of style and diet Coke sort of took over because it was made by the Coca-Cola company, and it existed for for a long time before it was finally phased out in 2020. But I was reading yesterday that there is a there is a website, there is a group, the Save Tab group, and they have put together an entire presentation, and they are going to Coca-Cola headquarters next week in Atlanta. And they are going to make a, a full-on presentation to the Coca-Cola board as to why tabs should be brought back, even if it's limited into certain areas where there might be some demand. There are people so passionate about a soft drink that they have a group, they have a website, and somehow they have finagled this meeting with Coca-Cola so that they can get it back on the shelves at least in some areas and they even have an argument here i'm reading this story that that tab loyalists unlike most soft drinks say that 98 percent of their fan base would recommend the beverage to their family and friends way way over the industry average have you ever been this passionate about something 
that you would be willing to make a presentation, that you would be willing to join a group, that you would be willing to say, I am going to fight for this product to be back on the market at least so I can purchase it. I mean, you have to be really into something to go this far, especially when we're talking about a soft drink. Right. It's not going to override my laziness. I think that's what it is for most people. <laughs> like, it would be nice if certain products would return to the shelves, but I'm not going to go, like, form a group and go right. to Atlanta and try to convince somebody to do this. I don't even remember what Tab tasted like. Was there something about it that was very unique? Because that is what I'm probably assuming here. Is there no yes. other drink that is even close to it? What did it taste like? To me, Tab was always very bland. I, you know, it just Ooh, didn't Ooh, have... them's fighting words. Oh, I know. I, 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 Atlanta. I, I've had Tab. It was the original diet drink. No question. Tab was very popular at one time. Because oh, it's a diet drink. Yeah, it's a diet. There was nothing like it. I didn't it. know that. So, yeah. So, it was kind of bland to me. But the people that love it love it and it was very big in like the 70s and early 80s i feel like and i remember tab being on the shelves and people my mom drank tab but i don't know if i've i've had different things that i liked over the years and i'm like oh they're not continuing that anymore oh that sucks or i really like this product i like this drink or whatever but never where i'm like you know what by god i'm starting a website i'm starting a group i'm going to talk to coca-cola about this Honestly, if, I, if I'm passionate about something, usually what I do is I join like a Reddit group or something, and then you can read about it and you can learn about it. And you can say, oh, well, maybe you can find it here. But that's kind of as far as I'll go as far as being singularly passionate about something. Yeah, I don't think I'd even go that far. I just discovered Reddit like not that long ago. They have everything yeah. on there. But it oh, yeah. sounds like Tab is like, does it taste like Diet Coke or is it something no. different? No, it's totally no? different. Completely different. No. Diet Coke hmm. to me is more dynamic. And now I love Diet Coke. Dynamic. Yeah, actually, now, I can't believe that I'm saying this after I just said I, I'm not that passionate about anything. Let me tell you something. If they took Diet Coke off the shelves, I might form a group myself. Catherine and I go through Diet Coke like it is water. I'll watch Catherine uh -oh. wake up. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll watch Catherine wake up and chug a Diet Coke. I mean, immediately. I'm like, you know what? You want? You might want to put some water with that. You might want to mix that in since it's early in the morning. So now that I think about it, I think, I think I would be passionate about Diet Coke if they took that off the shelves. Maybe I'm just a big hypocrite. But I think a lot of people would be with you. I would imagine Diet Coke has to be one of the most religiously followed soft drinks because the yes. way that people clamor for Diet Coke like they would never take it off the shelves because it's just way too popular. Do you know how many suburban moms live on Diet Coke? They're countless. Oh. So Jenks, you are not alone. You are squarely in line with the suburban suburban housewife demographic. Yes. Does that make you happy? Uh, yes, it does. Just us gals hankering for <laughs> some Diet Coke. Let's find some value on the board when it comes to NFL Award Futures Chelsea. And we start with NFL MVP. And I still kind of can't believe this. Patrick Mahomes is plus 350. He is the favorite tied with Tua Tagovailoa. And I, I was reading this yesterday. Is Patrick Mahomes, I am not anti-Patrick. I love Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of a generation. However, is he really worthy of being the favorite right now at plus 350? I don't think he is. Well, I think it's just because nobody else is kind of taking the award from him. But Tua is tied with him. 
to be the favorite. Yes. And I think mm -hmm. that's the the route that I would go. But so much for futures is based on timing. So let's look at yeah. the Dolphin schedule and see when we think we should be placing this bet. Because remember after that big game that Josh Allen had, uh, briefly Josh Allen was the favorite and Tua mm -hmm. dipped to five to one. I knew that I was like, well, you got to buy in on Tua now because he will probably be back to the favorite at some point when they play these bad teams like the Panthers where he's going to put up a bunch of points. But next up, the Dolphins have the Eagles on the road. I think after that game, maybe Tua does not have the great stats that he's been putting up. And even after the Patriots game, uh, those are usually lower scoring affairs. The Patriots at least have a good defense. So I think the time to buy in on Tua is maybe right before the Chiefs game. The Chiefs and the Dolphins square off on November the 5th. Mm -hmm. If Tua puts on a clinic and beats the Chiefs on the road, which I think the Dolphins are capable of, like I'm not taking that game right now. I'm just saying that is probably mm -hmm. the time to buy in when we have both of these MVP candidates squaring off. Because don't you think that Tua would rise in the ranks in the MVP market if he went on the road to Arrowhead and put up some good numbers and the Dolphins won? Oh, yeah. I think that's a very good point. So if you like him, you might want to get it now. I'll say I'm going to keep banging the drum for Jared Goff. 18 to 1 right now. No one is paying attention to Jared Goff at all. He has thrown for 11 touchdowns, three picks. That's it. He was a pro bowler last year. The Lions, one of the best teams in football, and no one is paying attention to him. So I think we will see these odds shorten. This is where I feel like you're you're paying for the name a little bit when you're talking about Patrick Mahomes. Like you're you're paying a premium on Patrick Mahomes because he's Patrick Mahomes, because he's won this award, because he plays for the Chiefs. But if you're looking at value, Jared Goff can put his stats up against anyone in the NFL. And if the Lions keep winning, and I think they're going to keep winning, I'm telling you, Jared Goff is a live dog in this fight. I tend to agree with you, but if you look at the names of the past MVP winners, you're not seeing a lot of guys that are quote-unquote driving the car because I think a lot of people will still point to the Lions offense and say, well, he has a lot of pieces around him. He's not really the guy that is making that offense click, even though I would disagree, and I'd say, well, he has a lot yeah. to do with it, uh, and driving the car is especially difficult. Just look across the NFL, but look at the names. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning. Like these are not guys that are quote unquote driving the car. Do you think voters will have a tough time getting past the fact that the narrative around Jared Goff is that he needs a lot of people around him to be successful? Because I think the same argument probably goes for Brock Purdy. The people who are saying, okay, Brock Purdy needs to be in the MVP conversation, which you could probably mm -hmm. make a good case for it. I just feel like the narrative may be too strong. And if obviously this award is also based on how the other quarterbacks do. If we continue to see Patrick Mahomes have a pedestrian yeah. season and if Tua kind of falls off, maybe that opens the door. But do you get the point that I'm trying to make? Yes. I just think it's an unfair narrative. I think that narrative right. is out there. And, and yeah. So, so we're on the same page here. But let's say, look, just look at, it's not like the Lions have, yes, they have Amon Ross St. Brown. He's incredible. They have Josh Reynolds. They have Jamison Williams. But it, it's not like he has this incredible set of weapons around him like Brock Purdy has. He's just a no. great quarterback. If you, look at, 
if you look at the numbers right now, Jared Goff has thrown for more yards than Patrick Mahomes. They've thrown for the same number of touchdowns. Jared Goff has thrown fewer interceptions. He has a higher QBR rating. So Mahomes is awesome. There's no question. But this idea that Jared Goff is driving the car, which I think a lot of people think, and then he's got all this weaponry around him. Yes, he has talent around him, but it's not like he's got all pros all over the place, and his numbers are just as good as Patrick Mahomes' numbers. So this is where narratives come into play, and this is where, again, sometimes you don't get value because of a guy's name or maybe you're not as familiar with his game. Like, I apologize, I was not familiar with your game. People need to warm up to Jared Goff and how he's playing. But let me ask you this. At the heart Mm -hmm. of the discussion for MVP, if you Mm -hmm. had one choice, which quarterback you're taking to start a franchise, would you not take Patrick Mahomes? I think the eye test still matters. When you were watching these games and the highlights that Patrick Mahomes puts on film – I think that's why he will still have the upper hand. I think I'd go still towards Tua, though, because do you think voter fatigue plays a, a role here? I think if, it too, if Tua puts up good numbers and the Dolphins are having a great season, I think the voters will be more on board with giving it to the great story that is Tua than if Patrick Mahomes has around the same numbers, which I don't think he will. Like the Dolphins against bad teams put up these incredible numbers, and that's what you need from an MVP, some stats that fly off the page. No, I agree. And now if you're talking about which quarterback you take to start a franchise, that's a different argument. Of course, I take Patrick Mahomes. But yes, you know how narratives work? We saw this in the NBA. It reminds me of Nikola Jokic winning the MVP, winning the MVP, and people kept saying, Joel Embiid needs to win. Joel Embiid needs to win. What happens? Joel Embiid wins. So I think if it's close, Tua will get the edge because of that. Coming up next year on the show, if you love playoff baseball, it doesn't get better than this. Two games on the slate today. We'll tell you how we're betting them next on the Daily Tip from BetQL. Presented by BetMGM. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.